Last week on Thomas Reads the Bible, Pilate still doesn't find any fault in Jesus, but the chief priests convince him to go all Mel Gibson with a scourging, a crown of thorns, and a crucifixion, and he gives up the ghost. His body is then stabbed, taken down, and laid away in a sepulcher. Later, Mary Magdalene visits and finds the sepulcher stone rolled away, and Jesus' body gone. He comes back as a gardener, then he visits his disciples a couple of times, lets them play with his crucifixion holes, then does a whole lot of other cool stuff that apparently didn't make the final cut. His disciples decide to go fishing, but the fish aren't biting until Jesus shows up for a third time. They have another Last Supper where he tells his disciples to feed his sheep and lambs and some other confusing stuff with one verily verily, one yawn, but eleven sepulchers. All right. Well, as of my recording this, I don't know if you just heard an intro or not, because I don't have any word from either of my introers. So we'll see if I get word before I need to publish. I will post it in there, but I need to record now because I that's how my schedule works. I got to got to do what I got to do. Can't wait. Can't be on someone else's time. I mean, it's got a hundred podcasts. Um, (laughs) All right. So Thomas in the Bible. I am one of the aforementioned things, and let's see, you know this is episode 226. You know there's only going to be 260 of these, so we are closing in 20, 30, 30, 34, 34 more episodes, and uh, so we're starting a new book. We finished John, was it? I already forget. Uh, See, I have a problem where I can't keep those names straight because they're all the same to me. Like John, Luke, John, Paul, uh, Ringo, and (laughs) George. No, John, Luke, Mark, and well, Matthew's a little different, but like, you know what I mean? They're all so similar that they're just these little four letter names. And then we have Acts, which it turns out in my research was actually a part of Luke. So the the it's actually considered Luke Acts um, as one book, and for some reason they're split up. I think they maybe they didn't know they were written by the same guy back then or something. There's all the story of how the Bible actually became the Bible is ridiculous. Of course, like it's just all. I mean, there's some amount of logic to it somewhere, but it's I, who knows. I mean, there's a bunch of books they could have counted and they didn't. I've been listening to some Bart Ehrman. Uh, as I've been, I've mentioned him before, but I just specifically right now was listening to a debate on the, the New Testament he had and whether or not it, it's preserved the words of Jesus. And I have to say the guy he debated against um, is pretty good, but Bart does lay... Unfortunately, the guy he debates against is good enough to where I think believers will just be like, oh, I just agree with that guy. He sounds smart. Because it's like such a technical discussion you know, it's it's like, well, I know the uh, this codex here says that like it's so mired in details that I honestly don't know that your average person like me can really know who's right or wrong. But the things he does say is interesting about these books. I mean, who knows what copies of copies we're reading, you know, if there's some typo somewhere along the line with a scribe that fell asleep while they were writing or a you know, uh, swatted a fly and then, you know, all kinds of stuff like that. That's really fascinating. So long story short, this is written acts of the apostles is what we're reading. It was written roughly 80 to 90 AD. So that's just like if I were to write something about world war one and I didn't have the internet and I had to just like go ask people, I'd be like, I don't know. (laughs) 
<laughs> I wouldn't even try, actually. I guess World War One would be a lot more complicated. It would be like writing about some specific, I don't know, leader around that time. But, it, but even that's a bad comparison because nowadays we have a framework of science somewhat. Like in my mind, I have a, a decent for, you know, I think, framework of reality I'm working with. Whereas back then, part of their metaphysics was, oh yeah, things, miracles can happen because they just weren't skeptical. They weren't as skeptical back then. So so even that comparison doesn't really work. But still, e- even then, trying to be accurate with on a word-to-word basis for something that happened 80 to 90 years prior is ridiculous. So, so that's Luke Acts. And uh, let's see if there's anything else interesting. I actually like, it's, Luke Acts is written more like, oh, this is a history. It's not so much as uh i as a first person kind of thing it's it's a little more polished like i think someone they think someone wrote it um to be specifically a history like oh i'm going to i'm going to write in history form what this was rather than like okay i got to tell you here's what happened you know so it's framed probably a little more um coherently it's a little more polished i think so that's what things things to look for but so far, I've I've read through this, and uh, it, it seems like it's pretty interesting. It may have some some fun stuff to talk about. All right. So, oh, and also, so this is after Jesus has died, and it's sort of going to talk about what happens next. You know, so what if we we finally are getting past the point where Jesus died because we've got you know we've been we've read what four gospels, five gospels, four four five. Uh, let me count one, two. We've got Matthew. We've read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we've read four. I thought it was four. Uh, that all, you know, are just the Jesus story. Some go way before Jesus, but they all end with Jesus dying. And uh, now we finally get to go past that. So let's see how that goes. The former treatise have I made, O Theophilus. Oh, sorry. And also, I don't know if it'll come up much, but Theophilus or whatever is somebody he's writing this to, but no one knows who that was or if it mattered or if it was some rhetorical device or like literary device. No one really knows. But basically, when whenever you hear Theophilus, it's just like him saying like, ladies and gentlemen or something. Like it's just his intended audience. Of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. I already thought it was interesting how he words that. To whom he shewed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. Does that sound like someone who was there or someone who knew, like, firsthand? Because if, 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 okay. Let's pretend you and I actually did see Jesus um, after he was dead, or just someone we know after they're dead. And we, for whatever reason, just pretend we 100% believe it. We're like, wow, he was dead, but he was alive. Wouldn't you just say, oh, yeah, he came back to life. Like, I can't, it was amazing. He was alive. You wouldn't really say, oh, he showed a bunch of proofs. Like, he gave us a bunch of proofs. Like, you know what I mean? Would you would you word it in that way? Now I know I'm getting probably too picky on wording because of translations and stuff, but I still thought it was interesting because 
by many infallible proofs. And he, and he labels them infallible, like trying to reinforce that. But anyway, being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. So it sounds like the end times are coming to me, but we'll see. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. And keep in mind, if this is being written 80 to 90 years after, then they've gone 80 to 90 years without the end time. So I don't know if they're <laughs> if they're starting to hedge their bets like, well, maybe it won't be when, you know, before this generation dies out. Because presumably that generation will have already died out by 80 to 90 years. I mean, it would be, it'd be a rare few that would be still alive at that point. So, um, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things, while they, uh, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfast, steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, shall so come in like manner as if you've seen him go into heaven. Then returned they unto Jerusalem from the mount called Olivet, which is from Jerusalem a Sabbath day's journey. And when they were come in, they went into an upper room where abode both Peter and James. So basically what's happened is like Jesus, they were talking about Jesus' appearances and and. They were, it's interesting because this work seems like them explaining, it, it strikes me as like the Mormons when after the prophet dies, what do you do? You know, like most of these cults after the prophet dies, they just disband or, the, you know, whatever. But some of them, and Scientology may be the same kind of thing, where you have to start talking like, well, no, hold on, I'm receiving instructions from Jesus. Uh, no, he definitely told me that you need to follow us. And he, in order to continue, you know, like you have to, you have to legitimize yourself or a group of people in this case, because this is the apostles, I suppose, uh, or we're being told it is anyway, uh, you have to, you have to like legitimize that group, you know? And so this, it's interesting that this wasn't said before. This wasn't in any of the other word, uh, gospels. I suppose if it was in Luke, it would have made sense because this is Luke acts as one thing, but it wasn't in the other ones where God came down and was like giving them firm instructions for later. Like, okay, now that I've died, <laughs> now that all that's taken care of, here's what you do next. It's like a sequel where it kind of explains, it, it adds new scenes that you didn't see in the first movie. And you're like, wait a minute, why weren't those in the first movie? And when they were come in, they went to an upper room where abode both Peter and James and John and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus, and Simon Zelotes, <laughs> and uh, Judas, the brother of James. 
These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brethren. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples and said, the number of names together were about 120. So at this point, he has 120 followers. These are the first 120 Christians, according to this book. Men and brethren, this scripture must needs have been fulfilled, with the, which the Holy Ghost by the mouth of David spake before concerning Judas, which was guide to them that took Jesus. For he was numbered with us, and he has obtained part of this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the reward of iniquity, and falling headlong, he burst asunder in the midst, and all his bowels gushed out. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. I, I, it's the funniest that bowels gushing out has ever been. So this part's funny because it tells a different death than before um, for uh, Judas. So this is sort of tying up loose ends. It's like, well, remember Judas who sold out Jesus? Yeah, well, the money he got, he bought a farm, like he bought some property, but then he fell and just blew up, <laughs> like exploded. <laughs> he fell and is just bowel, just his whole, just everything just burst for some reason. So that's how he died in this book. And it was known unto all the dwellers at Jerusalem, insomuch as that field is called in their proper tongue, Akeldama, that is to say, the field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, let his habitation be desolate and let no man dwell therein. For his bishopric, let another take. Oh, sorry. And his bishopric, prick, bishopric, let another. I think that means his spot among the apostles. Wherefore, of these men which have accompanied with us all the time that the Lord Jesus went in and out among us, beginning from the baptism of John on unto the same day that he was taken up from us, must one be ordained to be a witness with us of his resurrection. And they appointed two, Joseph called Barsabbas, who was surnamed Justice, Justus, uh, and Matthias. And they prayed and said, Thou, Lord, which knowest the hearts of all men, shew whether these of these two men hast thou hast chosen. So they've, they've got two candidates, and they're like, well, let's let God decide. And so they just sat in silence for 10 years. And they're like, well, that didn't work. Okay, let's, uh, let's, uh, how about we decide? <laughs> no, they, they pray like, oh, God, tell us which one you want. And at that point, what do you, what are you thinking if you're those two guys? Like, oh, I hope, you know, I hope that nothing picks me. I hope fake God picks me, I guess. And, uh, there's, okay. And they gave forth their lots. So the cast lots. So it's like they're going to roll dice on it. And they're like, God, God, the, God. God guide God these dice. God guide these dice. Uh, and then they roll the dice and it's Matthias. And he was outnumbered. Uh, sorry, he was numbered with the 11 apostles. I'm having reading problems. We're on to Acts 2. We're going to read 1 through 4, by the way. And when the day of the Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rush of mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? 
and how we hear every man in our own tongue where when we were born. Parthians and the Medes and the Elamites and the dwellers of Mesopotamia and Judea and uh, Cappadocia in Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and parts of Libya and Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes. Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, the wonderful works of God, and they were all amazed. So they're, they're speaking in tongues and everyone can understand it in their own language. It's a miracle. And we're in doubt saying to one another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. <laughs> so they're like, yeah, they're just drunk, which is probably what it was. But Peter, standing up with the eleven, lifted up his voice and said to them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be known this unto you and hearken my words, for we are not drunk. <laughs> he's, he's like, hey, ye men of Judea and all that dwell in Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken my words, for ye, these are not drunken, as you suppose. <sighs> Seeing it is but the third hour of the day. Oh, and th- this was a big punchline, by the way. He's like, these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. So it's like morning, you know, or whatever, whatever, third hour. I guess that would be just three, 3 p.m., I think. I don't know, third hour of the day? It's not probably not 3 a.m. I don't know how their clock worked. Maybe it started at six for all we know. I don't know. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will shew wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that Whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Ye men of Israel, hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken, and by wicked hands ye have crucified and slain. Oh, no. They're like, wait, that guy we killed the other day? Yeah, that was fun. Oh, he's, it turns out he's, he's the son of God. Oh, shit. Crap. Okay. Sorry, we killed the son of God, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holden of it. For David speaks, which is essentially saying, like, look, that Jesus wasn't going to stay dead. He's, there, no death can hold him. For David speaketh concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he's on my right hand, that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope, because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life, thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance." Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulchre is with us unto this day. Yeah, he wasn't quite as good as Jesus. <laughs> death definitely stopped that guy. See, death won't stop Jesus. Some people, death, it's like, yeah, no, he's dead. That guy's dead. 
Jesus? No. Therefore, being a prophet, and knowing that God hath sworn an oath to him, that the fruit of his loins, according to his flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne, he, seeing this before, spake the uh, resurrection of Christ, that his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption, that Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we are all witnesses. Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted, and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he hath shed forth this, which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. He's like, yeah, I need my feet up. I need to elevate my feet. I'm not feel. I'm feeling a little, my ankle, see, I sprained it the other day, so if if you could make my foes into a footstool, that would be that would be excellent. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart, and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Then they gladly received his word. They that gladly received his word were baptized, and the same day they were added unto them about three thousand souls. And they continue, so there, yeah, so they went from 120 to 3,000 because this was apparently such a powerful miracle that they all of a sudden had a ton of followers. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. The fear and fear came upon every soul, and many wondered. Wonders and signs were done by the apostles, and all that believed were together and had all things in common. This is great. And sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, such as should be saved. So the apostles... This is this is awesome, guys. There will certainly be a chapter in my book, if not, which is going well, by the way. I'm I'm, at, I'm keeping up with my uh, my word target every day. I've got a good week of writing, and uh, it's looking good. So thanks to everyone who who was encouraging about that. It it's exciting that uh, maybe maybe I'll be able to write something that you guys will like. I, I think it'll be great. I'm going to work really hard on it and make sure it's polished and funny and all that. But anyway. Either a chapter in my book or another whole book that I intend to write, and I'll go ahead and oh, I'm sure someone's already written this book, but if they haven't, I need to copyright this that idea. I just want to write a whole book on how Republicans aren't Christians. Like there, someone has to have done that, but I'll look it up later. But the, this, the apostles here, um, they are communists. <laughs> like they literally are communists. <laughs> And I use that word literally in its real meaning. Like they literally are sharing all of their possessions. It says they shared all things in common. They made sure every man had enough. It's like this is exactly the opposite of Republicans who are terrified of any of Bernie Sanders and any sort of, you know, like 
socialism or whatever. I just think it's funny. Like even Jesus and the followers, direct followers of Jesus who were supposedly around when he was are are sharing their possessions and doing all this stuff that Republicans would probably die if they if they had to do. All right, Acts 3. <laughs> Acts, Act 3 of Acts 3. Act 1 of Acts 3. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried. I would have been mad at my mom. Like, God, your womb. I was, I, I was lamed from it. <laughs> your, your womb. And it. <laughs> the phrase means like he was ever since birth or whatever, but lame from his mother's womb. What if he, like his mother's womb just bumped into him when he was like in his 30s? It wasn't even though he was born like... His mother was walking around and her womb just like hit him in the leg weird. And he's like, ah, I'm lame. But now he's lamed from, from birth. Whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, hmm, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who seeing Peter and John about to go in the temple, asked an alms. And Peter fastening his eyes upon him with John said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple, walking and leaping and praising God. I would I would take it a little easy. You know, like, if I were lame and then finally someone cured me, I probably wouldn't do a lot of... Le- I'd start conservative. I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm going to stroll. I'm going to start with some strolling. Like, that would be the first thing i do. And then maybe I'd be like, well, what if I jog a little bit? You know, but he goes straight to leaping. And I just think, like, that's... I don't know. Isn't that kind of rubbing it in? You know, like, isn't, isn't that... Uh, I, I, you just don't want to take it for granted. You don't want to push it to... Don't push your luck is what I'm trying to say. Don't, like... Oh, cool. And then try to like fly after that. Like that's, that's no good. Plus he's literally never walked before. So like, does he need any practice or is he just like when a baby deer is born and it's just like, bam, just bolts off. Uh, and they knew that it was he, which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that, which had happened to him. And as the lame man, which was called, uh, which was healed, held Peter and John, all the people ran together unto them in the porch that is called Solomon's, greatly wondering. And when Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Why look ye so earnestly on us, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk? The God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the God of our fathers hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just and desired a murderer to be granted unto you. That was Barabbas. And killed the Prince of Life, whom... Oh, I didn't hear him called that before. He's got a lot of cool titles. How many titles does one guy need? Especially when one of your titles as Jesus is just the Son of God, or even just God. Especially since Jesus is supposedly God. Do you need more titles after God? (laughs) I could see a boxer, you know, he's like, oh, he's the, he's Boxcar Joe slash uh, Joe, what what are the other names they'll have? Like the Anaconda or some, some weird boxing name or something. You got different boxing names because, you know, they're, 
they're you, you want a different angles of cool. Like, oh, he's cool in this way. He's cool in this. But once your name, one of your names is just God, like the all powerful thing that there is, you don't also need to be the prince of life. Like <laughs> that sounds pretty lame in comparison to just God. God is. You don't need to be God slash the you know Italian stallion. <laughs> like those don't. You God already covers it. You're already everything. And uh, whom God raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses, and his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, brethren, I wot that through ignorance ye did it, as did also your rulers. But those things which God before had shewed by the mouth of all his prophets— that Christ should suffer, he hath so fulfilled. Repent ye therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the times of restitution of all things, which God hath spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began." For Moses truly said unto the fathers, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren. Like unto me, him ye shall hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yea, and all the prophets from Samuel and those that follow after, as many as have spoken, have likewise foretold of these days. Ye are the children of the prophets and of the covenant which God made with our fathers, saying unto Abraham, And in thy seed shall all the kindreds of the earth be blessed. Unto you first, God, having raised up his son Jesus, sent him to bless you, in turning away every one of you from his iniquities. So we're going a little over time just because of the way the page numbers worked out. So we're going to go to Acts 4. And as they spake unto the people, the priests and the captain of the temple and the Sadducees, came upon them. Being grieved that they taught the people and preached through Jesus the resurrection from the dead. Okay, so continuing the tradition of, wait, you're you're healing a man who's been paralyzed for his life? Come on, guys, why are you doing that? So continuing the tradition of being pissed whenever someone performs a frigging miracle, uh, the authorities are a little miffed at the fact that people are, are performing miracles. So And uh, preaching Jesus and all that. And they laid hands on them and put in them into hold unto the next day, for it was now eventide. Howbeit many of them which heard the word believed, and the number of men was about 5,000. So in that brief time, they went from 120 to 5,000 Christians, apparently. And it hasn't named them Christians yet, but that's what they are. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers, the elders and scribes and Annas, the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander, as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all, and to all the people of Israel, that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand before you whole. 
This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. So it's like, because they had performed a miracle, they're kind of, you know, they've got some legitimacy. But when they had commanded them to go aside out of the council, they conferred among themselves, saying, What shall we do to these men? For that indeed a notable miracle hath been done by them is manifest to all that dwell in Jerusalem, and we cannot deny it. But that it spread no further among the people, let us straightly threaten them, that they speak henceforth to no man in this name. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all, nor teach the name of Jesus. So they're like, all right, we get it. Okay, this first miracle, we're going we're gonna to let you get away with that one. So, <laughs> cure a man of some disease or, or ailment once, that's okay. We, we'll, we'll look the other way. But you do it again, and we're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to punish you. Because we can't have people performing miracles and healing people. You would not want that in your society. You just don't. Oh, man. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding nothing how they might punish them because of the people. For all men glorified God for that which was done. For the man was above 40 years old, on whom this miracle of healing was being shewed. They're like, yeah, for a guy that old (laughs) to be able to walk, it's a miracle. Uh, and being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord and said, Lord, thou art God, which hast made heaven and earth and sea and all that there is, which God needs to be reminded of from time to time. He's like, hmm, what? Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I remember that. Oh, gosh, that's so funny you bring that up, that I made the earth and the sea. I, you know, I, I, okay, I remember that now. Yeah, I didn't, I wasn't sure about the sea. I don't fully remember making that, but it, since I do, I do remember making the earth, so it's like, I'm sure I must have made the sea. I like how you have to remind God of these things. I'm, yeah, that sounds, that's, you know what, that sounds right. That sounds right. I'll go with that. I made the sea and then everything. Who by the mouth of the servant of thy servant David has said, Why did the heathen rage and people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up, and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth, against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate, with the Gentiles and the people of Israel, were gathered together. For to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before, to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings, threatenings, and grant unto the servants all uh, that with all boldness they may speak thy word, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. And the multitude of them that believed were of one heart and one soul. 
Neither, and they played heart and soul on the piano. Is that what that's called? I think so. Neither said any of them that ought of the things that he possessed on his own, but they had all things in common. So yeah, again, communists. They had all things in common. And with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Neither was there any among them that lacked, for as many as were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the prices of the things that were sold and laid them down at the apostles' feet. And distribution was made unto every man according as he had need. (laughs) It couldn't be more Bernie Sanders. I I mean, it's even further left of Bernie Sanders. And this is Jesus' followers who are in, by the way, in communication with God right now. So it's, they're pretty reliable. (laughs) And Joseph, who by the apostles was surnamed Barnabas, which is being interpreted the son of consolation, a Levite, and of the country of Cyprus, having land, sold it and brought the money, laid it at the apostles' feet. So even people who have stuff, they're like even the rich people, the property owners, they sell their property and they're like, here's all the money. I'm bringing it to the commune for the greater good so that uh, we might have free college and healthcare. So I just think that's so funny that that Republicans are just, they're not, they're not followers of Jesus at all. Like not even, they're the opposite of that. It's a joke, but uh, there you go. All right. Well, I'd like to thank my lovely patrons. Um, and if you'd like to support the show, you can, of course, go to patreon.com slash T and the B. You have that right. I will not take that right away from you. You can indeed go to patreon.com slash T and the B. It is your right to do so. And to, to pledge a couple bucks and never notice, because it's, it's like the price of a coffee a month to support hours of tedium. That I've had to that I've had to go. I, I think that's that's fair, right? So I want to thank my top patrons: John Bodley, Chris Lukowski, Marcel, Sarah McPike, Japan Dan, Katie, Stacy Sweeney, George Green, Charles Bangweiner, Tom Chambers, Brian Garefort, Lee Primesberger, John P, Travis Peterson, Eriberto, and Rob. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys are the best, and uh, you can be certain very special copies of uh, of whatever book I put out will be available to my fine fine patrons. So thank you guys so much for joining me and I will see you next week.